So what's up with you guys in the old Dharma jumpsuit? You didn't tell him? No, I was waiting for you. Tell us what? We're in the Dharma initiative. They came back to the island? No, we came back. And so did you. It's 1977. Oh, what? Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. This week we are covering <clears throat> Lost, Season 5, Episode 9, Namaste. Nama what? Namaste. <laughs> I can say it again. <laughs> no, I almost No, did I too. know. <laughs> when you said Namaste the second time, I was almost like, Nama what? Nama what? <laughs> Whose house runs house? <laughs> Oh, God, we're already off the rails. It's not even a minute in. That's all right. It happens. Um, So what do you think of this episode? Again. (laughs) (laughs) I watched it twice. I mean, it's, it's it's a good episode. It's... I mean, we're on the tales of LaFleur, which is arguably one of the better episodes of the season. Um along with Life and Death of Jeremy Bentham. You know, we had two great episodes in those two, and now we're into this. But this is where... This is where things start to really ramp up as to, like, okay, what is happening with these groups? Because now it's been distinguished. There are two separate timelines. And I I had a theory about one of the timelines, but then I kind of proved my own theory wrong. Um, I'll just, I'll just say it real quick. I had a theory that the son and Lapidus and Ben timeline is not the present. Okay. It's actually still the past, but not as far back as 1977. Okay. Uh, so why do you feel that it's not that way? Well, Mainly because the runway, because the runway is completed. And we know that Kate and Sawyer were helping to build it. So the runway wouldn't have been completed until after then. Well, were they building to complete it or were they building to extend it? Oh, that's a good point. They could have just been extending the runway. Because remember, when they were coming in on the plane, the co-pilot was like, that's too short of a runway. We're going to run out of, we're going to run out. Yeah. Well, because there is one thing in that scene that makes me believe 
I know we're we're already diving right into it, so we'll just put the spoiler alert out there now. Oh. Always a possibility of spoilers. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's I I was the one that dove right in, so it's but it's um, and we're diving right into the theory part of it too. But before we even get into the notes about the episode, so again, possibility of spoilers for future episodes. Now that that's out there, did you listen very carefully when they were putting the plane down on the ground? Because it was um, the it was Alex. No, it was the numbers that were being rattled off. It was the numbers broadcast. Uh, it was Rousseau's broadcast that was playing. It was the mail recording that happened after Rousseau spoke, because you heard the numbers four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty three, forty two. Mm-hmm. If we remember timeline wise, that was turned off. They turned that off in order to reach the mainland. Remember when oh, they all right, go to right, the right, tower? Right, 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 right. So that that does put them in the past. Then it would put them before eight one five even crashed. Well, that makes sense because you can't have two suns on the island at the same time. Thank you for bringing that up too, because that's another theory I came to as to that's why Ben couldn't go back with them to 1977. Because there was already another Ben. There was already a Ben there. But that begs the question, why couldn't Sun? Was Sun already on the island too? And no. we just didn't know it? No. Well, then no, why but he does say, but Christian does say, you have a long journey ahead of you. True. So there's a, there is a way to get there. But we know, spoiler, she never does. Her and Jin aren't reunited until after the incident. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I, God, we really are diving head on deep into the deep end for the start okay. of this conversation. Yeah, we should back up <laughs> if you um, want, or we could just no, keep going. I, I'm, I'm totally fine. But like, that's another thing that I thought about, too, because I read that online. Somebody brought up the point that the reason why Ben didn't go back to 1970, it's very easy to explain why Frank never went back because Frank was not part of that group. He came in late. He came in with the freighter. Ben couldn't go back to 1977 because Ben was already in 1977. But they originally went back to 1974. 1974. Was he he already there? He was already there. He was was born on the island. He was No, he wasn't born on the island. He He was came to the island after yep. He he came to the island in 1973. Right. That's what that's when Horace convinced Roger to bring him and Ben right to the island. So they were already there the year before the like Sawyer and Kate and or uh, not Sawyer and Kate. Um Sawyer and Jin and Miles all showed up right back in time. And Juliet. And Juliet. Yes. So he was already on the island so he could not go back to the island in 19 back in 1977 because he already existed in 1977. It's weird that Eloise Hawking wouldn't know that. Maybe she did. I mean, given that Daniel Faraday is on his own side quest right now uh, in this episode, it's interesting to me that Eloise Hawking wouldn't know, have that memory. Well, I mean, it's also, there's also the, the fact that Ben doesn't know Saeed. In the present day, 
when he's already met Saeed. Right. In the past. Well, because it didn't happen yet. But what Because remember, happened? Desmond didn't get the memory of seeing Daniel in the hatch. That's right. Until it happened. That's right. That's that's right. That's a good So point. they need to have the memory. But I think even, uh, I don't even want to say it because I don't remember 100% for sure. Okay, so let's let's change courses here. Okay. <laughs> um, so my initial thought of this episode was that it is, and I think this is the reason why it's not as great as Lafleur, mm-hmm. is that this is just a like we're at episode nine, and it's strange, but this is a setup episode where it's it's almost like a premiere because it's setting up now. Now that everybody's all on the island. And the and the new the new plane crash three one six has happened. Now we have to set up the storylines, and so I think that um, there's some success and that there's some failures in this episode as far as setting up things that the writers or short showrunners want to set up. Um, the biggest failure to me is is trying to set up a forced love triangle between Juliet. Sawyer and Kate, you know, putting Kate in the house right next door, having them like not really talk to each other, having Juliet show up to save her from the list. You know, it's just all of that to me seems super forced. Um, I'd even go as far as to say it's a rectangle. Because you can throw Jack into that mix too with Juliet. I mean, you can, but I really don't think that it's, it's really there because I think Jack just sees that they're obviously living together. Nobody says anything. She removes herself from the room. You know, Juliet's great because she doesn't make anything awkward. No, and Juliet has one of the best straight faces ever. of like ever, yeah, of any character. I mean, that whole com- I mean, we'll get into it deeper, but that whole conversation with Amy was mm. like I was like, wow, like Juliet can keep a straight face like nobody else. Well, she's had to lie for so many years living on the island, uh, working for Ben, that I think that it's and, – and she's so comfortable where she is. She knows where she is. Now she's been there for three more years in 19 – you know, in the 70s. So I think that she just is very comfortable with her life there, and it makes it very easy for her to navigate her own story. Yeah. What if – oh. This is weird and kind of ick, but what if present day Ben is in love with Juliet because he had a crush on Juliet when he was a kid? That would make more sense. (laughs) Right? I don't think that's ever explained, but like, I don't think that's ever touched upon, but like what that's kind of, but again, he didn't have that memory yet. No, no, he wasn't aware I mean, but that like that's something we talked about last week is like we know Ben exists in within this group, within the Dharma Initiative. Right. How is it that Sawyer and Juliet are not aware of it? Because it doesn't look like the Dharma Initiative is really all that big. And if LaFleur Sawyer is head of security, he knows everybody there. Yeah. Right. And I mean, how could you not realize that's the same Ben you've been dealing with? Maybe they do and they just steer clear of him. Maybe. Yeah, maybe they just kind of ignore it. I mean, they've had three years to kind of adjust to it. And they don't have, like, I mean, 
Juliet might, but I think that everybody's history with Ben really got complicated off of the island with the Oceanic Six. Well, because Ben was more the villain on the island. And he then, was, but he was so beat up and just useless by the end of it. It, I don't, and you know, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We're getting ahead of ourselves again, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, sure. So you know, I didn't, I didn't really appreciate that. I, I just, um, I think that you know, Sawyer and Juliet are such a solid couple that I don't think anything was really going to be forced upon them as far as a triangle or a rectangle or octagon or whatever you want to call it um, happened. Well, well, I think that might come across as a little bit of a failure to us or or to you because we already know what the future of that couple holds. I think it's a first time viewer. If you look at it from that perspective, it's, it kind of complicates things as a viewer because you're like, oh, like, well, we already know Sawyer and Juliet have been together for three years, but now we're throwing Kate back into the mix. What's going to happen? We already know what happens. Right. So maybe, maybe. that's why it comes across mm, as a failure to us. I don't know. I've never liked the love triangle trope. I hate it. I've always hated it. I I just don't think adding stuff like that is good for for any storyline or anything like that. But mm. you know, that's just my opinion. No, I, I absolutely see it. I think the love triangle, I never understood the, like making it a love triangle because like a love triangle has three sides, which means like, if you have three people incorporated into it, yes, I guess that technically means you have three points, but a love triangle between, let's just say it's between Jack, Kate and Sawyer, which means Sawyer loves, like Kate loves Sawyer, but also loves Jack. But then wouldn't that also mean that Jack loves Sawyer? Like, so to it's basically that, like it's, it's an angle, not a triangle. Yeah. That's really all it is. It's an angle. It's not a triangle because in yeah. order for it to be a triangle, and this goes for any tr- love triangle trope, it means that those other two characters also have to be in love with each other. Right. If you're not connecting the triangle, it's not a triangle. Right. So I, no, like, yeah. I'm with you on the love triangle thing. It's like, it's not a triangle. It's right. an angle. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be I, acute or obtuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all obtuse to me. There you go. Um, I do love that Jack sucks no matter where he is. He just sucks all around. It doesn't matter. On the island, off the island, you just spit out your drink and that was I awesome. I should not have been drinking with you. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a drink and Jack sucks no matter where he is. <laughs> well, I mean, that was your right. video alone. <laughs> <laughs> I caught it, it didn't come out all over my microphone, which is good. Well, I almost did. Um, <laughs> no, like I have a note on that too. Like, it's I don't want to go into the whole Jack is the worst thing, but he really is. I mean, well, I, this I'll, is a, I'll do it. This is a character that we've kind of that's kind of been ingrained in us from the start of the show that he is the leader. He is the one that's working to get them off. And the more and more we see it, the more and more we realize, well, it's not really leadership. It's more the hero complex that we've mentioned before. And now in this episode, when you see the dynamic of Jack three years later to Sawyer three years later, holy shit, like Sawyer shuts Jack down. And without hesitation or even effort. This is Sawyer's show. This is Sawyer's show now. 
Yes. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, God, like, yeah. The island is Sawyer's. The Dharma is Sawyer's. He has his life. He's been living here for three years. He's he's a professional confidence man, which means that he he thinks and he plots and he plans and he completely knows what's going on. And then this, you know, time bomb comes to the island because what else is Jack? You know what I mean? He's a time bomb. He just and and Sawyer nails it on the head. He goes, "All you do is react. You're you, yeah. you just react to everything, and it gets people killed. So don't don't come at me about this. What what were you gonna say before I stomped on your face? No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> no. It's it's not that at all. I mean, it's that you're that you're stepping on my point. Uh, oh, sorry. Like, <laughs> no, no. You weren't stepping on my point. That's what I was saying. Like you, okay. you weren't. Um, but I mean, like, even before that whole conversation, like we know Jack is not in his element and knows not what to do at all in mm-hmm. the moment where Sawyer tells him, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring you in for intake. If we don't do it within 10 minutes, Jack doesn't say and like, he turns to Kate and asks Kate, what's her opinion on it. And then mm-hmm. Hurley gives his on top of it. But just the fact that like he doesn't make the decision for the group like he has in the past, he's actually asking other people for their opinions means Jack is completely out of his element here. Mm-hmm. He does not know what to do. And and that's right that's the first moment where this power kind of shifts between the two of them because they've always kind of been in competition for maybe not early on because Sawyer just wanted to be on his own and do his own thing. But a little bit later, as Sawyer becomes more and more part of this group, there's been a little bit of a competition as to who is a better leader. Even though we all know it's Hurley. Yeah, <laughs> okay. But, I mean, Sawyer <laughs> S- Sawyer is the best. Between, if we're talking about between Jack and Sawyer, it's, the edge goes to Sawyer. Yes. 100% agree. Even when uh, the edge even went to Locke. When, when Jack was locked up, you know, I mean, Jack, you take Jack out of a leadership role and things run a little bit better because Jack was very inner circle, clicky, had to go off and, and, you know, do things, had to go. And, and, and he, Sawyer makes such a good point here that I don't think I ever caught before. Cause we've never, I've never broken down every episode before like this. Mm-hmm. Right. And Jack was fully in reaction mode and that's not leadership. And that's why his life keeps falling apart. That's why he can't, he can't leave the Island and go back to his everyday life because he's still reacting. You know, he's still, um, he's still trying to, to save people one by one and not as a group. And Sawyer is the exact opposite and it works. There's a, there's a difference between being reactionary like Jack and acting on your instinct, because Mm. if depending on what your instinct is, is how Mm -hmm. well that works. Jack, Jack's instinct is as a doctor. So he wants to become, you know, that's if he was ever acting on instinct, that's the instinct he's acting on. Sawyer, on the other hand, is a con man. So his instinct is to be a con man. That works better in this situation that they're currently in. He, like you said, he's been running a three-year con mm-hmm. at this point. Well, he, 
w- incredibly well. <laughs> like even to the point where when they're in intake and Jack is face to face with Pierre Chang, a man he's only seen in videos at this point, you know, and he asks him like, who brought you in? And he says, LaFleur. And he's like, oh, LaFleur runs a tight ship. And it's like, good, yeah. good man. Yeah. Good man runs a tight ship. That's a incredibly good con man. Cause he has well, them all believing. And, and I think like, this is almost to the point where it's not a con anymore. He's adapted to this. No, no, no. This is now just his life. This he's, is his life. He's living an honest life, probably for the first time in his life, mm-hmm. just with a different name. Yeah. But he's never gone by his name. So no. that's, that's trivial, you know? Well, I mean, and this this is kind of going back to the love triangle thing, the, the love angle. I'm not even going to call it a triangle anymore. The love angle. Uh, the, the obtuse love angle. angle. <laughs> the obtuse love <laughs> angle. Um, and uh, there's, there, you know, the one of the things they kind of throw in there, and this is one of my notes too, is that when when Jack is looking for Lafleur's house, and he runs into Phil, and he asks Phil, he's like, "Do you know where James Lafleur is?" He like. Phil says to him, and don't call him James. He hates that. You know why he hates that? Because Kate calls him James. Mm. Because when they are all reintroduced to each other, when Sawyer pulls up, which Hurley giving him the big hug is just so heartwarming to me. He Well, I mean, he's like, you're alive. Oh, my yeah. gosh, you're alive. Like, th- that is a great moment for Hurley. <laughs> and he's like, Kong, I miss that. And he's like, I miss you too, Hugo. Like Sawyer Hurley calling- looks like he's immediately happy to be back the minute he sees his friends. Like he sees that his friends is. are alive. And yeah. he I love it how he's like, dude, Jin, your English is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's been he doesn't realize it yet, but it's been three years. So I mean right. but yeah, like, you know, in that moment when he's seeing everybody, he calls Jack Doc, Kate calls him James. But yep. he also calls Kate Kate, not Freckles. Yep. He kept it he keeps it friendly, but yeah. at at arm's reach. Yeah. And um I don't know, does she know yet about Juliet and Sawyer? Does Kate I don't, know? I don't think she does, because how would she know? She knows that Juliet is there, but I don't think she knows that Juliet and Sawyer are together. Even Unless though she's she in the saw next them house. Come home. Yeah. I mean, she's in the house next door. She could have seen Sawyer. She could have seen Juliet answer the door for Jack. Maybe. So, but I don't think it's known yet that she knows that right. the two of them are together. I mean, personally, I, to us, it doesn't matter because no. that that's over to us. Yep. It's it's Juliet and Sawyer now, which is. And I don't I don't want people that are listening to think like this is all because oh we're team Sawyer over team Jack. Like no, we're legitimately looking at this and Sawyer calls him out for being reactive. Like that's that's what we're talking about. Well, and Jack is just like he's so pissed off at him just for sitting and reading a book, but it's like what well, you want me to sit here and pace around and wring my hands and and you know, look like look like something is wrong? No, yeah. I'm not going. I'm not going to make a spectacle of myself. Like Jack being like, I need to go talk to Lafleur. Well, why? You're a custodial. You're, you're a custodial guy that wants to talk to the head of security on the first night that you're there. Like, think for one second. Think. 
Yeah, because you're he that, walks you're- in, he walks in acting like he's all of a sudden in charge and he's a fucking janitor. And it's kind of irresponsible to ask anybody where his house is because you're automatically going to give people like, well, why are you wondering where LaFleur lives? Like you said, yeah. he's a janitor. Why is the janitor looking for the head of security? Right. On the day you got there. Right. But I also think at the same time, for someone who's been there for three years and someone who knows they're supposed to act like they don't know each other, Juliet should have closed that door before hugging Jack. Mm, good point. That's a little irresponsible on Juliet's part. Because if they're not supposed to know each other, you just made it very easy for anybody to witness that. However, when they asked who Jack's recruiter was, he did say it was LaFleur. No, that wasn't his recruiter. That was his shuttle. Who shuttled him from the sub? Oh, okay. All right. All right. That's true. You're right. So I because was trying to make a case for that, but I LaFleur couldn't have been <laughs> his failed. recruiter. He was off the island. He right. wasn't off the island. Right. I mean, when Kate is questioned by Phil, like, who was your recruiter? That guy plays a slime ball every, every single time. I know, time. and everything, every and everything single that he's thing. in. I wonder if he's a nice guy, honestly. I, a lot of times, the people that play those kind of characters usually are. Um, they, they, it's usually the, the nice guys that play the best slime balls or villains. Because I've met quite a few of them. Um, He's not in Lost, for example, but Neil McDonough, for example, is a fantastic villain and creep and slimeball and everything that he plays. He's the nicest fucking guy in person. And when I asked him, like, why do you play all these roles? He's like, I just like playing the bad guy. It's fun. Is he was he in Band of Brothers? Neil McDonough was in Band of Brothers. Yes, he was. He was. Yeah, he was one of my favorite characters in Band of Brothers. Um, I forget who he plays. He uh, plays. In Band of Brothers. He was he's been in a ton of stuff. Um, but in let's see, in Band of Brothers, he was Neil McDonough is my uh it's kind of weird to say it. I'll say it in a second, but um because he has a nickname. Band of Brothers was what 19 Band of Brothers, he was Compton. Compton Buck. Buck. He was yeah, Buck. He was Buck in Band of Brothers. He was one of my favorite, favorite characters in that. And he wasn't a bad guy. He was he was a good he oh man, he played the heck out of that role. If you haven't seen Band of Brothers, stop right now and just go spend the next 10 hours of your life in World War II. He's uh, he's been in a ton of stuff and he's um like I know he's even he's in Justified for a while too. I haven't yeah. gotten to the point where he's in it yet, but he's he is in it, yeah. He's I know good. he's in it. Um, I think he's in it for a full season. Yeah, um, he's he's really good in it too. Um, but Neil and I met at a convention. I'll tell this quick story, then we'll, we'll get back on track. I promise. Um, mm-hmm. Neil and I met at a at a con in Atlanta about I think 2017. I think it was, and we were at the con was over. We were at a wine mixer that happened afterwards, and uh, I was on the I was on the floor talking to. A couple other people, I won't drop any names, but I was talking to a couple other celebrities that were there. And all of a sudden, I feel like this bumping on my backside. I'm like, what the hell is hitting me? And I turn around, and it's Neil, and he's dancing. He's got wine in his hand, and he's dancing, (laughs) and he's bumping his butt up against me. And I'm like, does he think I'm somebody else? 
and I turn around and he turns around and he puts his arm around me and he just starts dancing. Like, like he's having a great time. That is awesome. And then I ran into him. I went to his booth the next day on Sunday, Sunday morning. And I was like, I'm surprised like you are the way you are right now. I was like, cause you were having a great time last night. He's like, Oh, I was having a blast last night. I was like, I honestly am surprised you remember who I was. He's like, Oh, I remember who you are. My dancing pal. <laughs> and ever since then, every time I see him at cons, every time I see him at a show or an event, he calls me his dancing buddy. Oh, that's so cool. So I love anytime I'm watching something and I see Neil pop up, like he just popped. He's in uh nine one one Lone Star right now with Rob Lowe. And my mom knows this story too. So anytime she watches something, then Neil McDonough pops up. She always texts me. She's like, Hey, your dancing buddies in this. or your dancing buddies in this. Oh, that's so, yeah. awesome. Uh, my, my, uh, my story of meeting Neil is, is fantastic. Anyway, I, yeah, it's a good story. Okay. So <laughs> while you were telling that story, I did look up this actor, um, who always plays this line ball. His name is Patrick Fischler. Um, and he, He's just to me. I mean, he's the one that plays Phil, and he's he seems so nice. And then all of a sudden, he's like real quizzical. And um, you know, I see that actor, and anytime I see that actor, I'm like, oh, you're gonna be a wrench in something. I just you just know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He plays the like you said, the slime ball. Yeah, More and I mean, I can't remember his full story, but I'm sure it's. He, it's not none of it is going to be positive and yeah i'm sure we're going to get more of that too um yeah you know we're we're getting introduced to some of these characters we've only heard in name up until this point radinsky's mm-hmm. another one yes you know we've only heard the name radinsky up until this point and now we're actually getting to meet him in this episode now is that the same actor that is in um just a younger version of uh, the guy from Stranger Things, the Russian guy from Stranger Things. No, no, no they're two different, completely. They're okay. two completely different actors. All right. Yeah, the um, the one that I know exactly who you're talking about from Stranger Things. Um, I can't. He's a comedian, and I can't think of his name. And God, now it's going to bug me. Um, he's uh, he's actually a really funny comedian too. Um, and now I got to look it up because it's going to bug me if I don't. Uh, but yeah, uh, Brett Gilman. Okay. Yeah. Is the, is, um, who plays Murray in Stranger okay. Things. Murray. Yeah. That's who it is. Yeah. But, two okay, completely so different actors. They look similar though. They do. They, d- and I thought maybe with like, you know, cause it was like 15 years prior to Stranger Things and, uh, Radinsky has such long hair that maybe it was the same guy, but that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, it's fun that we get kind of to see the Dharma initiative in full action because we haven't really gotten to see like their day-to-day life yet. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, any up until this point, up until maybe a couple episodes ago, everything like we've seen this encampment before we've seen these places before, like we've seen the flame before, before John Locke blows it up, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and now we're seeing it back in pristine condition. Like all these places, like the intake and the infirmary, like all these places, we've seen them before, just yeah. under different leadership. Right. And different people. Well, exactly. And and it's funny because, you know, under different leadership means they're no longer the Dharma initiative. But on paper, 
you know, in, in, in early, in early seasons, it looks like Ben's group is the Dharma initiative They're They, they're using the Dharma stations. They have all the Dharma stuff, mm-hmm. but you know, you don't find out until later that that split happens, the purge happens. And then, um, Ben lets the hostels into the camp and, you know, the rest we know. Yeah. So it, to me, I just loved seeing kind of what the initial, uh, Dharma initiative was. Um, you know, the whole seventies vibe is great. Everybody's just happy and, you know, they're on this cool, um, scientific journey or, or whatever, you know? Um, so that's really fun to see. And I, I love how well Sawyer fits into that Dharma initiative, you know, especially when Horace at the beginning is like, I don't think that your Dharma, your Dharma material, but he is Dharma material. You know, because mm-hmm. Sawyer can make himself any situation material. He can fit in anywhere. Right. Yeah. But he really fits in here. Um, you know, head of security is perfect because he gets to be he gets to be a hard ass whenever he wants, which, you know, fits his his personality. But he also just gets to settle in and just have this wonderful relationship, read his books, have his friends. You know, it's everything that he probably ever wanted. Um, in his life. And now Jack is coming and he's kind of throwing a, a grenade into his life a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, while we're, while we're on the topic of Sawyer again, um, you know, just to continue on with that too, like this is a good episode to really, it's kind of something we've already known at this point, but this is a good episode that really shows how quick on his feet and fucking smart Sawyer can be. Yeah. And that's when he has to go to the flame to confront Radinsky and Saeed. Mm-hmm. That whole situation, you know, when Sun, when Jin comes out and says, like, like it's Saeed, I had to, like, make believe he was a hostile because, like, Radinsky won't leave us alone. Like, when, you know, that information, like, he takes that information and he runs with it. When he goes in and he interrogates Saeed, Saeed, you can tell by looking at his face, he does not know what the hell is going on. He's he's in places he's been before that were supposed to be gone. He's mm-hmm. seeing, you know, Jin and Sawyer in Dharma garb. Like he doesn't know what the hell is happening. Happening, but Sawyer has that charisma, and he has a way of saying something without saying anything mm-hmm. that makes Saeed play along with him. Right. You know, like he goes in and he says, like. You have to acknowledge that you're a hostile. Otherwise, we have the right to shoot you. That's right. him basically saying, just say you're a hostile. Mm-hmm. And Sawyer and Saeed plays along with it. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's fucking brilliant. Well, and, you know, Saeed is no stranger to this either because he's been a spy his entire life. Mm-hmm. He's been an interrogator. He's somebody that also has had to blend in and play certain parts and characters, especially over the last three years working for Ben. So it's interesting that they're both working together um, so easily because that that's who they are as characters. Yeah. And and that got me thinking too, like, why did they use Saeed for this role? Like that easily could have been anybody. It could have been like Hurley ended up separated. It could have been Jack ended up separated. It could have been any of them. And I got to thinking about that. And just like to the point that you made about how Saeed's been in these situations before, if the writers put anybody else into that role, it would not have worked. 
Maybe with Kate. And that's because Kate knows how to be in hiding. Yeah, Kate's been on the run, but then it would have taken away from the obtuse love angle. Correct. You know, so they couldn't use Kate because they already had Kate earmarked for Jack never would have went along with any of it. Exactly. So, but I mean, if you threw Jack into that situation or Hurley into that situation, it would not have worked the same way it worked with Saeed. Hurley would have been like, I I don't, okay, sure. I I give up. (laughs) Like the moment Sawyer walked in, he would have been like, Sawyer, like he would have. You're alive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, even to the point where they, they bring him back to base camp and mm-hmm. they throw him in there and, and, you know, Phil's there and he's like, just get the man some food. Like, there's that little moment as Sawyer is closing the the, the cell and he gives, like, Saeed a little nod. Yeah. And that's like, I got you. Like, I got your back. Yeah. Like, just chill. Right. And then it fast forward to that conversation with, with Jack. And he's like, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to read my book. I'm going to do some thinking so that tomorrow I know what to do. So I love that part just because... um. Sawyer Sawyer talks about Winston Churchill, you know, and he's like, you know, they used to say that Winston Churchill wrote a book, uh, read a book every night, you know, and I, and it's funny because I find that when I read a book, it, it causes me to just kind of relax and go away from whatever it is that's happening. And I'm able to think clearer, like Mm -hmm. I'll all of a sudden pause and I can actually think and reflect on something that I need to think and reflect on. You know, it's, it's that, it's that quiet and that solitude, um, that really people need in order to kind of figure out what is happening. You know, you can't, you can't just always be wringing your hands and trying to plan things and over talk things out and, and panic, you know? And it's funny to me that after all of this time that Jack hasn't figured that out. Yeah. Well, not only that, but I mean, like who would have ever thought at any point we would have heard Sawyer quoting Churchill. (laughs) It goes back to what we were talking about last week with how smart he is. Yeah. It, he is, I mean, and that's the thing, like, the, I, it's so weird how upon, and, and I made this realization early on in this podcast, but how much during this rewatch and analyzing the episodes rather than just sitting and watching, how much more I've become a fan of Sawyer mm-hmm. than I ever was. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Linus is still my favorite character. Of this series. Yeah. But Sawyer has moved way higher on the list than he ever was. Well, he's an incredible character with a really, really full and complete journey. Yes, absolutely. Um, And he's just, God, like, I've just become such a fan of that character well before this time. Mm -hmm. Um, I've become a a fan of, of the character. James Sawyer. James, James LeFleur, James Ford. <laughs> and uh, as a surprise, let's introduce Josh Holloway. No, God, I oh wish that Oh, my gosh. Was- <laughs> I would pee my pants. <laughs> I- <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what the funny thing is, too, is the way that we're a little look behind the curtain, the way we're recording this on the platform that we're using, I could very easily bring in surprise guests. I just haven't done it. Um. Yeah, don't do it. Before <laughs> no. you do it, don't do it. 
Josh Holloway is not waiting in the wings to come on, but that would be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the rest of the, so the rest of the setup kind of for the rest of this season is we see that young Ben and Saeed make a connection, um, that will be uh, a significant part of the plot in this Mm -hmm. season. We see, um, a role reversal with Jack and Sawyer that we've already kind of touched on. Um, and then we also see the setup to uh, a long journey ahead of Sun to find Jin through Christian Shepherd um, with Frank Lapidus. So I'm sure you have. Um, I, you mentioned earlier that you had some stuff to say about that. So I'm going to turn it over to you and see what you have to say about that whole thing because we haven't even talked about Hydra Island. No. And- we, we really haven't. Um, you know, so jumping back to the beginning of the episode, this is an episode, obviously, we have um, no previously on, which we usually get th- through most episodes. But on top of that, this is also an episode that does not focus on any one particular character like we usually get as well. Yeah, if you this go to the a, wiki, it says none. Yeah, this is a pure ensemble episode mm-hmm. um, because there's so much that they have to touch on. It didn't make sense to touch on any one particular character because mm-hmm. they're all a focus of this one. Um, but yeah, we see Frank as the co- Frank and his co-pilot on the plane, and you know we get his co-pilot having that conversation. Like, did you see the the big guy in the back? He's one of the Oceanic Six. It's like, well, why did you not recognize any of the other Oceanic Six while you were there? If you know who they are, because Hurley's hard. To overlook. That's very true. That's very true. He's the one you're probably your eye would go to before anyone else. Mm-hmm. I would say the only other person whose eye you probably would catch would be Saeed because he's in, not because, because of who he's he in is. handcuffs. He's in handcuffs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I would probably catch that too and maybe put together two things. But the conversation between Frank and his co pilot, like you can instantly tell, Frank knows this plane is like this trip is going to go to hell. Um, and it Frank does. is not having it either. No. He's just like, he's like, oh yeah, I- is he on the plane? Huh? Oh no, but, none. You don't see anything else weird. <laughs> but it, it, it goes to further my point about my theory as to how they're not in the present day when they land the plane, because after the flash and after everybody disappears, it suddenly goes from night to day. They are very clearly in a different time. That is also very true. That's a really good catch. I mean, it's it is a it is very clearly a different time, whether it's earlier or later in the day or it's years, whenever it is. It is definitely a different time than they were in. That plane is not in its same timeline. So the question is, where or when is it? And that when I listening upon my second view, it's something I've never caught before until this view the second view is hearing those numbers, hearing that broadcast as they were bringing the plane down, which Frank, true to his word, when he said earlier on, I could have brought that plane down. He does it. Well, he did. He found a runway. I think Frank would have brought that plane down either way. Well, the runway helped. Pilot. Mm-hmm. The runway helped. The runway opens the path for the plane being able to leave. But if they were never planning on the plane taking off again, spoiler alert, next season, that I, Frank could have brought that plane down without a runway. It would have been very rough, but he would have brought it down. 
He probably was like, oh, I get my chance. Vindication. Like, that's what he should have done. He should have gotten out of the plane and been like, vindication. And it kind of brings you to the point like, well, why did the other plane, why wasn't the other plane able to land? And it's probably because the pilot was not as experienced as Lapidus. Mm. It went against the turbulence, which is what broke the plane apart. So it's probably the same kind of experience that the other plane went through. Right. Frank was just able to handle it better because he's a better pilot. Nothing against JJ's golden boy, I forgot, uh, Greg, um, Greg Lumberg, but who happens to appear in every JJ Abrams project. Um, Grum- Grunberg, not Lumberg. Um, Frank's just a better pilot. And he proved it by bringing the plane down. So here's a question for you then with that thought in mind. Okay. If Frank was flying the plane and he was able to stabilize the plane after the initial turbulence, would that mean that our entire lost crew would just have disappeared? And that, and that because if, and if he couldn't get it out of the turbulence then everybody would have crashed into 1977 instead of, just everybody disappearing and then the turbulence kind of being able to right the ship a little bit and then landing. Hmm. Or am I thinking too much into this? I don't know. Um, because I mean, again, like we know that like Jack and Sawyer and or Jack and Hurley and Kate and Saeed all disappear from the plane. I think the reason why they disappear is because they already had a connection to that island. Um, I don't think it has well, anything so to do sun. with But again, but again, like this is like my, in, this is goes back to, we know Frank didn't because Frank wasn't connected to the island. Ben's connected to the island, but he already exists. But why didn't like that? That's the looming question right now is why didn't Sun right. go back with everybody else? Why what disrupted her connection to going back? Because it I'm wasn't think- pure. It wasn't to come back to the island as to like a big picture. It was too narrow. Well, there's that. But I'm also thinking maybe the wedding ring has something to do with it. Hmm. Because maybe she couldn't go back because the ring was connected to Jin, but she had the ring on her. So maybe it believed that because Jin was already on the island, she couldn't go because she was holding the ring. Because we do see her open her hand and that ring is in her hand when she's already after she's landed and she is on the island. So maybe that ring is what's preventing her from is what prevented her from going back. I mean, that's as good a theory as any. I can't think of anything else. I mean, I, I, the only thing I can think of is maybe her connection to Jin, whether it's through the ring or because of the connection that they just have purely as a couple, is that's what prevents them from from going back. That's what prevents her from going back with everybody else. It also would have been impossible to um, play off Sun being a part of the Dharma Initiative on the submarine. Well, reuniting with Jen, it would have been impossible. Yeah, I agree with you because, and not even necessarily because of the submarine aspect, but because of how much Jin changed just knowing Sun was on that plane. Right. 
as as frantic as he got trying to find out, like not even listening to Sawyer, not listening to anybody, instantly just going off on his own, acting on his own instinct. There's no way he would have been able to hide that. Right. No. If he, if he saw Sun. Right. No. There and and same well, same with Sun too. I mean, she she in her mind, she watched Jin die. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even know what she, if she's going back to to Jin or not. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's that she had doubt. The rest of them knew that they were going back to the island. They had a purpose for going back to the island. Sun Sun still had doubt. And maybe a lot of it. I don't know. I don't know. Because, you know, so Saeed Saeed went in handcuffs. He went kicking and screaming. <laughs> Saeed was forced on that plane. He was forced on that plane. Yeah. Um he but you can make a, a case that there. all of them were being forced on that plane except for Jack. Well, Jack went by Jack definitely went by choice. Hurley went by choice because he did enter that plane on his own. Mm-hmm. Kate went by choice mm-hmm. because she decided to follow along. Saeed was against his will. Maybe that's why Saeed is separate from everybody else is because he did not go by choice. He went by force. Maybe. I, yeah, maybe it was just like their their intentions of going is what split them all apart. Maybe. Um, you know, what is interesting is that when the plane crashed or before the, before everybody disappeared off the plane on flight three, one, six, Jack looked at Ben and said, how can you read? Mm. And the same thing happened with, so he learned nothing from his conversation with, <laughs> with Ben because think about that. he looks at Sawyer like, in the very next, well, like, you know, right after the plane crash for Jack, right? And he says, he's like, what are you, why are you just reading? How can you just read? And it's like, are you learning nothing? Yeah. Or, really? Are you learning nothing? You had the same conversation with Ben not 12 hours ago. Think. Well, that's, and that's, that's Jack's reactive nature. Like he right. acts on it. He acts on his own horrible instinct. Mm-hmm. He doesn't retain information. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen him make the same mistakes before. I mean, and he usually he eventually learns lessons, but sometimes they're too late. I mean, mm-hmm. Sawyer even tells him bef- like in that conversation, like, and if I remember correctly, people died because mm-hmm. of your reactive nature. A lot of people died. Like, well, I mean, yeah, you look at how many survivors there were in the very first episode of, of Lost. Mm-hmm. And by the time they get off the island, there's what maybe 12 mm-hmm. it's like because there were i think i like i think like 40 or 50 survivors from the start right. and it's less than half that right now and that was when jack was in charge right right well i mean and just not the every, fact that not everyone the fact that the helicopter took off with aaron and not claire because of the rush that that Jack made to get off that Island, you know, I mean, I, I just don't see, I don't see how his leadership was a positive force. I, I don't know if I can put Claire on his shoulders. Um, I can Claire, easily. Claire kind of disappeared on her own and he was kind of under a time constraint. That if he didn't leave at that point, they were never leaving. Um, 
so I could see him making the choice to rescue Aaron and and leave without Claire. Um, but I, I will say it was irresponsible of Jack to not want to go back. And it was clearly Kate's decision to go back for Claire and, and not yeah. Jack. Even after he found out he was related. Right. It right. was still more Kate's decision than Jack's. Mm-hmm. So that I will I will put Claire on Jack's shoulders in the aftermath. Okay. But not at the time. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. You know, I mean, I mean, and then I mean we know that Jack kind of goes bonkers and like desperately feels he needs to go back more than anybody else at that point. But still because well, like, he's reaction react reacting to Locke's death. Yeah, but like and that's the weird thing, too. Like, he's reacting to Locke's death, which he absolutely is doing, or Jeremy Bentham's death, rather. Mm. But when he tells Sawyer that Jack is, that Sawyer is dead, he's like, or not Sawyer's dead, that Locke is, when he tells Sawyer, when Jack tells Sawyer that Locke is dead, my confu- I'm getting all my characters confused. Like, it, he kind of brushes it off at that point. Like, well, like, why did it impact you so much then and not anymore? Like now that you've you you're back, suddenly it doesn't matter anymore. He's trying to get control. That's all I can think of is that he's trying to establish control, and Sawyer is the person that he has to go up against to do that, and he ultimately fails pretty spectacularly at it. Well, Sawyer has the upper hand from the moment of intake when he gets janitorial work that was off from his aptitude testing from his aptitude <laughs> testing which you can see like jack is like well done Sawyer. that well was done. awesome kind <laughs> of chuckles because he's like all right he got me on this one that was awesome i really really enjoyed that yeah um, but, I mean, so talk about christian shepherd talk about the other shepherd i i was just gonna say let's get back to yeah because we kind of got it kind of got away from us um but yeah i mean we see from the moment that they crash, uh, um, I want to make a point to bring something up because I made a note of sure. this and I um, I kind of want to bring this up. There's a familiar face in the group of survivors. He becomes a regular cast member throughout this this season. Um, somebody familiar is in that group of survivors. You only see him real quick. Then eventually he does become a character. But um, actor Brad William Henke is there. He's been in Justified. He was on the stand. Um for those of you that might not know, Rima and I, when we covered the stand on Strange Indeed, uh, I was able to um, arrange an interview with Brad because he was playing Tom Cullen in the stand. Incredibly nice guy. Uh, and when I mentioned this Lost podcast, he was more than willing to come on and talk about his time on the show. Uh, unfortunately, Brad died. He passed away uh, in November of last year. So I just want to acknowledge Brad. Um, like you said, like the people that play those kind of characters, like the villainous slimeball characters are usually the nicest guys mm-hmm. and his character's not exactly the best in this season. Um, but he was an incredibly, incredibly nice guy. Like I said, more than willing to come back to come on this podcast to talk about his experience with it the same way MC Ganey did. Uh, and unfortunately we never got the opportunity because he passed away. So I just kind mm-hmm. of wanted to acknowledge him. Uh, well, since I saw him, cause I got, I got, I got kind of sad when I oh, saw his yeah, face. Of course. Um, 
Because when you meet somebody and you get to know that they're incredibly nice and then you find out they pass, especially early, like he was, he was only in his 50s when he passed away. And, mm. um, you know, it, it was really a bummer. And I don't want it to ruin covering the show the more and more we see him. Like, I don't want to bring it up every time saying, right, like, right, oh, he right. passed away, he passed away. I'm like, I'll, let's just address it now. And then this way we don't have to address it, uh, address it going forward. Um, but, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, Brad passed away in November. So now that I got that out of the way, uh, we see, you know, Frank addressing all these survivors. And then we see Ben kind of go off on his own because Ben knows exactly where he is. Right. And well, he gets his bearings the minute uh, Caesar says there's a building over there with blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And and Ben's like, all right, I get it. I know exactly where I am later. Well, from the moment, yeah, that Caesar says, like, uh, there's a building over there and there's animal cages. Ben's mm-hmm. like, oh, I know exactly where I am. I know where I need to go. Yep. And he just leaves. They're like, not even without hesitation, just goes, walks off. Sun sees this and follows, which leads to the scene on the beach with Frank, Ben, and Sun. Right. Where, you know, Ben is, like, and I, I love it, like, as much as, Ben is just a ruthless character. There's that conversation with Frank and Frank's telling son like, look, I came on a boat full of commandos who came to stop this man. And Ben immediately replies. And how'd that work out for everyone? It's like, Jesus, like you're ruthless, but you have a really good point. Like you took on commandos and are still standing. Yeah. Barely. I mean, he was, he, there is no other actor out there that looks that can look quite as beat up as as uh, Michael Emerson can. <laughs> <It's> Michael Emerson, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and but one of the things that I found really interesting about that whole conversation is when he tells Frank, like you know, like you're a like you're the pilot, you have people to look after, but I have people I need to take care of too. And in that moment, I'm thought I realized it's like. Ben still really does believe he's the one that has to make sure everybody's back. Like he's the one that has to make sure he's, he is the catalyst that has to make sure everybody is where they need to be. Mm-hmm. He still thinks he is the most important person on this Island. Well, I mean, he still thinks he's the guardian of the Island. Yes. And whether he is or isn't, isn't for us to say at this True. point, because he might be at this point. Right, because there is no successor right now. Mm-hmm. And we don't know where in time that they are. Exactly. I mean, and even when, <laughs> so, you know, Jin clocks him over the head with an oar. And son. she's like, or son. God, I don't know why I keep doing that. Son clocks him over the head with the oar. She says she lied about trusting Ben. And her line. and Frank, her and Frank head over in the outrigger over to Hydra Island. Uh, oh no, they're on Hydra Island. They head over to the main island, right? Uh, to to base camp. When they arrive, obviously, it takes them through the day and into the night to get there. Uh, and when they're there, we see this place that's kind of dilapidated. Which, if you think about it, could be one of two time periods. This could be three years after. The others and the commandos came in and everybody and ran everybody out of there. Or this could be post purge before the others took it over. Right. So it really does still put into question 
where do these people fall on the timeline? Where mm-hmm. are they? When are they mm-hmm. at this point? But back to the point, as they arrive, who's the first person or what is the first thing they run into is old Smokey himself, the black smoke monster in the woods. Cause you hear the noise. Hmm. You see the rustling in the trees, but if you listen, that mechanical noise is there. But I don't think it's the man in black. I think it is. But he's wearing white shoes. I think it's Jacob. Okay. Um, It could be, because you're right. We, you and I looked at this together before we started recording. We went back to that scene, and the only part you can see Christian Shepard's feet. It looks like he is wearing the white shoes. And it would make sense why Locke, as the man in black, is on Hydra Island, because I feel like this sets up the Jacob versus man in black storyline that is eventually going to happen. So maybe both the man in black and Jacob are there, but Jacob chases the man in black off. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because we don't see Locke in this episode. We don't see Locke in this episode. And we know that Locke doesn't wake up until later. Right. Right. So the man, so maybe you're right. Maybe Christian Shepard is Jacob. And because the black smoke monster is definitely there. We hear Mm -hmm. the the sound that it makes. Mm -hmm. But the next person that we see is Christian Shepard. We see a light come on inside one of the barracks, Mm -hmm. uh, inside one of the homes in the barracks. And in a creepy as shit moment, the door opens and we just see the silhouette. Now, anybody who's watched the show up at this point, we recognize that silhouette. We know this is Christian. And he walks out and he introduces himself as Christian. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, I kind of think you you have a really good point. The light coming on is a good indication that this is Jacob. Mm-hmm. Because if this was the man in black, he would have just come out of the dark building. Or the out of the woods. Would, yeah, the light would not have turned on. This is somebody coming from the light. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. This is somebody yeah. coming from the light. I think you're right. I think Christian Shepherd is Jacob. I like it when we talk something out and it gets cooler as we talk. <laughs> you know, the more, the, the more <laughs> I we saw your it. face, I saw your face, and you're just like, oh, wait, yeah, 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 yeah. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> but then we see, like, you know, the son says to Christian, like, I'm looking for my husband. And he says, follow me. They take him into, you know, he, he takes him into that intake building, mm-hmm. the registration building, where he pulls the picture off the wall from 1977. Mm-hmm. And you see the orientation picture with Hurley, Kate, and Jack in the picture. Hurley and he tells her, what's that? Hurley the chef. Is he, the, is he a chef? Is yeah, that the role he that's got? That's what it I've, says. Yeah. Okay. I forgot. Do we ever find out what role Kate gets? She's wearing the dark blue, like mechanic kind of fatigues that um, Juliet was wearing. Okay, so maybe she's a motor pool. Yeah, maybe. Or engineer, depending on the which way you look at it. Like like Juliet the, the, does. They're all fake jobs. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. It's they're made up aptitude tests. But Jack getting janitorial is just the best. The best. Um, you know, and yeah, and he shows them that orientation picture. And says, like, you you still have a long journey ahead of you. What that means, we don't know, and I honestly don't remember. Me neither. Because as we said earlier on in the spoiler, like in a spoiler, 
Sun and Jin are not reunited until after the incident. They're <laughs> not reunited until next season. I hate that. I know. I hate it so hard. <laughs> so, but that kind of, you know, brings us caught up. I think that's everything I have for that uh, particular timeline. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think that, um, that Locke being on Hydra and Christian Shepard being on the main island is now our black and white, dark and light, man in black versus Jacob setup for the season six kind of showdown. You know what, too, putting in the perspective of the fact that Christian Shepard is actually Jacob and not the man in black really shines a different light on Claire, too. Because it means that Christian Shepard is actually protecting and helping Claire. She's not a she's mm-hmm. not a follower. He's more a helper. Yeah. He's helping to heal her. And I mean, that completely makes sense on so many different levels, you know? And the fact that, you know, her helper is a manis- manifestation of her biological father is also a really good indicator that it is for good and not for bad because... Oh, that's right. He is her dad. Yeah. So because Christian was never there when he manifested himself in front of Jack to ever be anything other than helpful to Jack. Jacob is being there for her as a father in the form of Christian Shepherd, even though it's not Christian. Right. He's there in the form of Christian for the same effect. Right. Holy shit. <laughs> You're right. I love when we come up with these different things. Yeah. Because it's always been like it's always been on my mind up and even up until this point, I always questioned, like I always kind of believed that the man in black was taking the form of Christian Shepherd. But now, like, you're right. That's why like, I wanted I, to double check his shoes before we started recording. But the more and more we discuss it, you're right. Like, the man in black is very clearly the black smoke monster. Like, that's always been the case. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I think there was probably a battle between Jacob and the man in black as to who could take over Christian. Jacob won. And now he started planting the seeds for his own vessel which now is the form of John Locke. Right. Right. Yeah. Which would have made the ending more interesting if instead of Jack versus John, it was Christian versus John. But I can't say anymore because I know why exactly thinking about the, the way the series ends. I know exactly why it's John versus Jack and not Christian versus Jack. Yeah. Okay. We'll save that. We'll We'll save save that. that. I I Um, know why it is. So we've, the only thing that we haven't really talked about, I mean, we've touched on young Ben. We did see a young Ben who has the same creepy stare that old Ben has. Um, Oh, it's very clearly a young Ben when you first. Right. Who brings Saeed a sandwich and he's trying to be kind. Um, Much like Juliet brought Jack a sandwich and was trying to be kind. Um, But we see, that um, the baby is going to be named Ethan. Yep, which we yep. talked about last week. Right. So this week we got the confirmation on that. And did you see, did you notice that Juliet just put him right down? Oh, yeah. She's like, like oh, Ethan, that's nice. Here, I'm going to put him down. But at the same time, the straight face. Right. At that point, like, 
you know exactly who Ethan is because you've lived with him. Not right. like in the same house, but you've shared, you've lived with him in Dharmaville. Right. So you know exactly who he is and who he's going to become. Right. So just put him, I'm just going to put him I'm right I'm just going to put him down. Put him right down. Thanks. Because <laughs> evil might be transferable. But, you know, Juliet was the, was the right person to go to Amy uh, to get the, the sub manifest because she's like, I don't want you moving today. I just performed surgery on you. I'm checking on you to make sure you're okay. Like it was the perfect cover story to accomplish her goal. Well, but I also think that's because Sawyer has been a influence on her. Of course she, of she's course. been witnessing. She's been witnessing Jim do this con for three years now. She's not dumb. She's picked up on some stuff. So when Amy wakes up and sees her, boy, does she jump right to it. And, you know, um, couples tend to take on each other's characteristics as time goes on. You know, Sawyer's more calm. Sawyer is a lot calmer than the mm-hmm. last Sawyer that we saw, right? That's yeah. Juliet's influence right there. His his loving tendency, his nurturing nature, that's all Juliet right there as well. So they're picking up each other's best qualities, I guess. I mean, one of Sawyer's best qualities is being adaptable and thinking on the fly, you know? Yeah. So I, I really, really enjoy this time that we get to spend with um, Sawyer and Juliet because it's it's just such a great, such a great arc for the two of them. Yeah, I mean, I, and as we know from this series, uh, the best couples in the series usually come to tragic ends. Uh, yeah, they're one, <laughs> uh, and the other one we've mentioned a couple times, but they're not reunited yet. So, oh God, we we still have some really hard moments to get through. Yeah, I know, this, man. I don't want to talk about series. it today. <laughs> I want to talk about All the right. good stuff. I want to talk All about right. the. I want to talk about the 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 good stuff. Like Hurley's a chef, and uh, baby Ethan is still a baby. Young well, Ben is still kind of nice. <laughs> he's still yeah, he's he's still kind of nice, which is great. Um, I've covered almost everything I have. I have a couple oh, yeah, little done. notes. Um, I have a couple little. Do you have any notes? Any additional no, stuff? I've, I've said all my stuff. Okay, I'll go through mine really quick then. Um, in the in the flame, we see a model of the swan, aka the hatch, yep. before it's even being built, which is a nice little thing. Uh, the scene with Juliet coming in to save Claire, uh, I thought was interesting, and they both played it off really well, uh, pretending that they um, Juliet coming to save Kate. Kate, not Claire. Yes. I'm getting my names all mixed up today. Sorry. That's okay. I just, I sat there. I was like, oh my gosh, did I miss something in the background? No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, in the scene with Ben and Son, as they're going off to find the boat, Ben takes off his sling. Oh, yeah, he's, he does. He's not he's hurt. healing. He, no, he's healing. Oh, already. he's healing faster. He's healing faster. The island is already has its effect on Ben. He's healing faster. He's already, his arm is already healed, even being on the island for a couple hours. I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot about the island's magic powers. Yep. Well, Amy should be up and around then. Get out of the hammock, girl. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, well, I mean, but we already don't know. Like things are already different in the 70s and in the present day or whatever time period that they're in. 
Because remember, Amy was able to have the baby on the island, whereas that's right. During their, they're not. Mm-hmm. And the energy is different. It's because it's pre-incident. Yes. Yeah. You know, so everything changes after that. So the island is healing Ben already. Mm-hmm. He's he's already up and at him. Now I don't know how quickly he's going to heal from an ore to the head, but we'll see. Well, he makes it out alive, so this is true. And we know he wakes up. He wakes up relatively, relatively soon. Yeah. Uh, the only other note I have, and this is, um, I like this one. This one could be me just digging into things too deeply, but not. Um, when Sawyer is bringing them in for intake, and they're having the big orientation, mm-hmm. the song that is playing is "Ride Captain Ride" by Blues Image. Mm-hmm. I know this song. I've I love this song. I think this is a great song from the seventies. But if you read particular lyrics mm-hmm. to this song, you can kind of read into it a little bit. The refrain is "Ride, Captain, ride upon your mystery ship. Be amazed at the friends you have here on your trip. Ride, Captain, ride upon your mystery ship on your way to a world that others might have missed." <laughs> Yeah. Now, could that mean something? We know that these guys use music and literature for every song and book that they use. Oh yeah, nothing's by accident. Nothing is by accident. Right. So nothing is by accident. So that I mean that you can easily break that down into you know your mystery ship is the sub or the plane, right? Because the Dar because this is the the song for the Dharma Initiative recruits that are coming in, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, but it's also um, has a second layer in the fact that you know your friends the the trip that your friends have missed, you know, Sun and Frank, Lox's corpse and even Ben are not there. Right. Well, I mean, the line, be amazed at the friends you have here on your trip. Like these are these people that are all connected. These are the people that are all working together for a greater purpose into. Well, I I mean, at this point, they don't know what their purpose is. They only knew it was to get to the island. Once they're there, they don't know why they had to go back. Um, They think it's just to save everybody, but they definitely have a greater purpose to being back. They just don't know it yet. Right. Uh, And the on your way to a world that others might have missed is exactly what you said. There are right. people that are not on this island that didn't make it in the flashback in Sun and Ben and Frank. Like they didn't make it back to whatever time period they're in, to the right. 77. Right. So well, and be amazed at the friends that you have here, or I'm paraphrasing, of course. Um, but have here on your trip. You were right. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know. I would be very amazed to see a baby Ethan and to see a uh, kid version of Ben Linus and, you know, and my friends that, you know, I, I mean, Miles is there and alive, you know, um, Jin is there alive and speaks perfect English. Um, Sawyer and Juliet are there, you know, Jack sits down and, and there's Dr. Marvin Candle right in front of him. Using a completely different name. Yeah. Right. But admitting him, you know, Mm. and so that's, I mean, you know, all of that is just probably such a head trip for them. You know, it's kind of like they're on their own little yellow submarine trip. (laughs) Yeah. Which is funny because they're supposedly have just come off a submarine. Correct. (laughs) 
Which is okay, which is why they're disoriented. It makes it okay that they're disoriented. Well, that's what I was going to say, too. When, like, when Phil was asking Kate, like, who was your recruiter, and she kind of plays it off, that could very easily be attributed to, well, I'm kind of scrambled right now because I'm coming off this trip. I don't remember in this moment. But luckily, Juliet comes in right. with, you know, a updated manifest. You know, and, and kind Phil. of like, you know, creep. Uh, creep Phil. Oh, Phil. Um, I had another point I was going to make, and I kind of forgot what it was. So that's all right. That's okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll remember it eventually. Uh, I don't, after we're done recording, probably. So I, I think that's kind of it for the episode. Oh, I remember what it was now. Faraday. We haven't even mentioned Faraday in this well, discussion. He's a, kind of a throwaway. Yes, uh, he's, comment. He's, he's mentioned that he's uh, not on the island. Well, no, it's he left. He said that Faraday left. Did he leave? I don't remember. Yeah, no, Maybe yeah, he he's does off leave. the island. He leaves and he goes to the mainland and that's going to be explored in. Not next episode, because next episode is uh, Saeed's backstory of the last three years. So it might be the episode after that. But it, it's got to be what happened happened, which is two episodes from now. Right. Yeah. Um, just by that title alone, whatever whatever happened happened. I mean, that's what Faraday's been saying. Right. So that's most likely. Yeah, you're right. Um, that's probably what when it is that we're going to find out more about Daniel. So, yeah, next episode, season five, episode 10. He's our you. Uh, you're right. Is a is a Saeed episode, and then whatever happened happened two episodes from now is probably when we'll find out about Daniel Faraday. Right. So, what I love too is I'm seeing a number of people from Justified pop up. Yeah. On this series, um, I told you. I mean, Dan, like Dan, Faraday is. Yeah. I'm in that seat with Brad William Henke. Actually, him they, they play brothers. His character is so different from Daniel Faraday. Yeah. And, but it's awesome. I'm still in season two of justified, but I'm almost done it. Um, and spoiler alert. Like I remember I watched the episode, uh, with, with Brad William Henke, the, the play in the, the, well, what's the name of the, the brother, the family. I forget. Um, but like, I remember watching, I'm like, oh, like he's not long for this world. Like he's going to be gone soon. And the next episode, yeah. he's, his character is killed off. And I was like, yep, called that coming. Yeah. Dickie is in, I think, for two seasons. Oh, okay. Interesting. I think if I remember correctly, I, you know what? It's been a while. But anyways, I don't have anything left on this episode of Namaste. No, I'm good. I think I have everything there as well. Awesome. Um, looking at my, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So cool. So yeah, like as we mentioned, season five, episode 10 will be the next one. He's our you, which is a Saeed focused episode, uh, which, which is a forward to great that. episode. Great episode. It's, Tragic. It's rated, yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's one of my faves. If you're, if you're only listening, I know a couple of people that are only listening and not watching along, you know, take a stab at watching a couple of these episodes and see if you can jog your memory a little bit. And uh, the next one with Saeed is a really good one. This whole season, man. This whole season's I, very good. Yeah, just I, add it to your rotation. Yeah, 
I I love this season. Mandalorian doesn't start for another couple of weeks. It's okay. Yeah, that's that's very true. Well, and well, Last of Us is on right now, so that's kind of you know. It's on tonight. I know. Well, at the time we're recording. Well, yeah. yeah. As of Friday, <laughs> Friday February tenth, it's on well, tonight. Which is good because they don't want to compete with the Super Bowl, which I fully. I fully appreciate because that was never going to be a competition for me, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning which one would you be watching? Last of us. <clears throat> okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. hundred percent all the way. Uh, so yeah, so we're going to go, we got some feedback for this week in the form of two voicemails from our friends, Steve and Des. But before we do that, just want to let you know that if you want to leave us feedback, which we encourage you to do, mm-hmm. easiest way to do that is just visit our website at revisitedpod.com. There you can find ways to connect to our social media, leave a review, which we highly hope, uh, hope you do as well. Uh, just to help us out there. And you can find ways to leave us feedback in the form of an email or a voicemail right from the website, which, again, we encourage you to do. That said, uh, who do you want to start with, uh, Des or Steve? Let's go with, let's go in alphabetical order. Okay, so we'll go with Steve. Uh, yeah, no. We'll <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I did it intentionally. Uh, all right, here's our voicemail from our uh, our buddy Steve. Or Des, damn it. Des, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm confusing names all You need episode. a nap. You need a nap. I was up too early this morning. So, all right, here is our voicemail from my friend Des. Hey, guys, calling in to talk about Namaste. I've got a little bit to talk about, so I'll probably try to talk really quick, try to bullet point things. Um, when Sawyer first sees the remnants of the Oceanic Six, um, he says, good to see you, Kate. Doesn't say freckles, Kate, which kind of just shows that he is really over. Um, Juliet realizes that she's responsible for delivering Ethan. Uh, we get to see a clip of the Muppet Show. And the music in this episode, uh, two main songs. One was called Ride, Captain Ride. It was a 1970s song by the Blue Image. Blue's Image, excuse me. Um, and the lyrics... The crew invites others to ride along with them to a new land where they will live, where they will feel free. However, the local people are too preoccupied with life's troubles to hear or answer their call. When the crew set sail, they are never seen or heard from again. Kind of sounds like lost, I don't know. And the other song um, is Dharma Lady by Geronimo Jackson, air quotes. Um, I always thought this song was written for the show, but it wasn't. There was a group called the Donkeys in 2008 who released a song called Excelsior Lady, and they just reworked it to fit Dharma Lady. So that was news to me. Um, when Sun and Lapidus see the trees shaking and hear a noise, and Lapidus wonders what it is, uh, Sun says, probably just an animal. Um, where was she at for a hundred days when everybody else was hearing monsters and stuff out in the wild? That's all I actually have to say about that episode, but I want to go back a few of your episodes when you were like kind of confused about what had changed in the past or if they changed anything in the past. Daniel literally says nothing can be changed. Everything that happened happened. So they were always there. Nothing ever changed. And it was really weird because when I was like kind of Googling this to get proof, 
I ran across a Bible quote. Um, it's, and he shall speak great words against the most high and shall wear out the saints of the most high and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand into a time and times and the dividing of time. And this happens to be Daniel 725. Um, it really doesn't talk about time travel. It just kind of sounds like it. It's about the Antichrist, and he desires to change the times, and he wants to reorganize civilization in a way that suits his values. But I just thought it was really interesting that that was in Daniel. Um, That's all I got for you. Oh, and do you guys realize that you were wrong when you said that Ben shot Saeed? Thought I'd bring that up. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Okay, well, first off, Des, you passed my test. When I said that Ben shoots Saeed, because it was very clearly the other way around. Saeed shoots Ben. Uh, it was just a test. You passed. <laughs> no, it was me reversing characters again. Like, apparently I've done all episode. Yes. Uh, well, this week, I knew what I meant when I said it. Last week, our brains kind of melted. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in regards to the whole, like, you can't change time thing. Whatever happens, happened. I, like I'd say yes and no because very clearly different things have changed because of what people have done. Daniel speaking to um to Desmond it very clearly changed something in Desmond. It gave him a new memory. So very the past can be maybe not the past can be changed, but the present can. Right. So right. I, I don't know if I exactly believed as what you said in that. Like it can't be changed because we've seen examples of where it can. And we're going to see later in this season that Faraday completely changes his mind on everything. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, I think that there's a lot that we still have to break down about this overall. So it'll be interesting to see where, where we go in the coming weeks. I mean, for the most part, I do think he's I, I do think he's right. Whatever happened, happened. I think that I think there are exceptions to that rule. Mm, okay. Like we, okay. we know there was an incident on the island. And it's it's very it's it becomes very clear that these people were involved in that incident that they didn't know when mm-hmm. they first heard the incident that they were involved in it. But they were right. Right. Uh, because whatever happens, happened like that's. Right. That's where it falls in where that's actually correct. But I do think there are examples where that is wrong. And I don't I think we'll see more of them too as we go forward with Faraday. Yeah, I agree. I hope so. that Des ends up, you know, agreeing as well. <laughs> Hopefully. But if we know Des, he probably won't. No. He'll leave us a voice he'll leave us a voicemail next week saying, uh, just so you know, you were wrong. You're you're still wrong. <laughs> I'm still right. <laughs> and I'm fine nana, with nana, it. Nana. And I'm fine with it because we love Des. So <laughs> Yeah. Me too. I miss him. Happily leave us a voicemail and tell us we were wrong again next week. I'm gonna send him some sweet heat skittles soon. Ooh, they sound good. I'm so excited that that I know this is off the topic again, but Skittles went back to lime instead of green apple, which makes me oh, so happy. I miss sugar. I haven't eaten Skittles since they dropped lime and went to green apple but now they're back to lime so i'm happy 
Uh, all right, let's play our voicemail from our friend Steve. Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve, and this is for Lost Season 5, Episode 9, Namaste. Huh, Number no what? previously on. He's the best. Dude, you might want to fasten your seatbelt. And he just puts his sleep mask on. Lapita <laughs> is such a great pilot. And now we know why they were building a landing strip in what, Season 2 or 3? What went through the windshield and stuck him? 30 years earlier, so now we know that at least Ben and Frank and Son are in the present time, or whatever the present time is. Whoa, how shocked are they to learn it's 1977? What? What? Isn't Rosensky, isn't that the same Russian guy that we know 30 years later? How young is he going to be here? And does he only have one eye still? Okay, Rosensky's a different guy, not the Russian guy. <laughs> He's building a model of the station that's going to become the button, right? Oh, and Frank, the pilot, assuming the role of leader here, appears. It finally acknowledges that there's two highlands, and they give, they move together. Okay, so Sun was following Ben, and Ben wants to get over to the other island, but how was he going to do it? So Amy just told Juliet there's at least two empty spots on the sub. Oh, and that little look from Juliet when Amy said, Ethan, now she knows who this baby is that she delivered. I don't remember. What happened to Faraday? <laughs> it's not a damn game show, Hugo. <laughs> Oh, careful, Jen and Sawyer. Someone could be monitoring this radio. And you're talking about Saeed. Oh, Ben knew where there was a boat hidden. Okay. <laughs> I totally forgot that Sun knocked him out, but I was just thinking in my head, didn't they say that it was Sun and the pilot that took a boat away? <laughs> oh, Sun, you're great. I lied. Uh, Pierre Chang, namaste. Title of the episode, mic drop. <laughs> Jack's a janitor. Just an F, whatever, G Wiz question. Why does everybody else get to use their names except Sawyer? Oh, Son and Frank just found Christian. Is he the man in black or is he Jacob? I don't remember. I guess we need to see his, his tennis shoes. Does he have the white shoes on or what? <laughs> Nama, what? That's not the name of the episode. Namaste, mic drop. Oh, Jack just realized that uh, Juliet is with Sawyer. Oh, I have to pause just to make a comment. I forgot how utterly amazingly beautiful elizabeth mitchell is she is amazingly attractive Ooh, this face off between sawyer and jack is just great i think you react oh you're right Kristen and ben uh that's all you're gonna get kate a wave oh and we have just met the young ben linus oh i gotta wait for the next episode ah <laughs> thanks steve uh you don't have to wait you can just go on and 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 watch it um, the 30 years earlier, I thought about that too, when I'm questioning like, well, where are they actually in time? Are they in the present day or are they in a different time period? And the 30 years earlier could just be from when they took off. Doesn't have to be from where they ended up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 30 years earlier is from when the plane disappeared. That's true. So That's true. It, it doesn't from the date that flight uh, three one six took off. Then it's thirty years earlier. I was even entertaining the idea that Hydra Island was operating on a different time than the main island, but I think that I've discarded that theory. Well, I mean, like even even if they are in the present day, they're not in a different time. They're in the present day. It still leaves that hole when the when the when the flash happened. They went from night to sudden day. Mm -hmm. Now that can be explained when you think about the payload from the boat. 
in how it took a longer period of time to get to the island than it did from when the boat fired it. Mm -hmm. There's very clearly some kind of bubble around this island where time is different. Mm -hmm. And that also makes you think that when they say that the island is moving, it might not be moving physical position. It might just be moving in time. It's still there. Mm, yeah. The island is always where it is. It's just a matter of where in time it is. Right. Right. Hmm. I can't so, wait till next week. I can't wait for the rest of this series. I'm actually going to be sad when it's over again. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Because then our breakdowns end and it's like, oh, well, I mean, who the hell knows? We might get to the finale, which I know you and I both love. Mm -hmm. and We might end up hating it by the time. We let's get see. To it. Yeah, let's see what happens. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. Uh, but thank you guys for the feedback. Thank you, Stephen Des. And again, we encourage everybody to leave it. Just go to revisitedpod.com and you'll find out all the ways to do that, as well as connect to our social media and leave us a review. That said, it's recommendation time, and I think it's your week this week. It is my week, and what do I have to recommend? Um, well, Criminal Minds Evolution just ended last night, or, or this week. Um, it has it, been picked up for another season, though. Yes, it has, which is great, because they ended it on a cliffhanger, so I'm really happy that it was... Um, I, I it heard was that... I heard that from Paget Brewster actually on a podcast. She's amazing. I love Paget Brewster so much. She is like, if I if I ever got the opportunity to meet her, it would just be me basically groveling at her feet for I, the entire I, time. She's amazing. I will tell you, she is incredibly funny. She's funny. She's smart. She speaks different languages. She's a good actress. She's an advocate. She's amazing. Anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> Criminal Minds, you know, it, it has 14 seasons um, on CBS, but then they brought it back uh, with the original cast, minus a few players, but it's pretty much the original cast for uh, Evolution. Um, it's 10 episodes on Paramount Plus, I believe. I think so, yes. Okay. Um, it's fantastic. It was really good. It was, it was really good. Um, I was really happy with it, and I'm very excited about next season. So that's my and recommendation. You, and you said as somebody who's never watched Criminal Minds before, that's totally fine to be able to jump into this season. Yeah, I mean, it's totally fine to jump into this season. And honestly, I mean, if you haven't seen it, it might make you even want to go back and watch the whole series. Well, that's um, a lot of TV to catch up it's on. It's a lot of TV, but <laughs> it is it's good TV. Um, it's really good TV. And you could even... Um, you know, if you're if you're interested in the show, I could even sh uh, tell you where you can start if you'd like that, because um, they have changed up their cast a couple of times um, because of behind the scenes kind of network TV drama over the years. Um, but the show as a whole, it's really great. And I'm really hoping that they bring back the other two cast members that couldn't make it for for this season because of scheduling conflicts. Um they said that they might be bringing them back for future seasons if the show got picked up. So I'm really excited to see if, um, if the other characters come back because I definitely missed uh, Matthew Gray Grubler, Gubler this season. It would have been great to see him. Um, but the show worked anyways, even without him. Fun. Yep. Uh, it's on my list to check out. 
especially in your high recommendation, because I know you're a big fan of the show. Uh, you've been recommending it to me for a while. I love it, that show. If we haven't learned anything yet, it's that it takes me a while to get to your recommendations, because how long did it take me to get to Justified? Uh, and, and New Girl. Yes, and New Girl, which I, I blew through once I started it. Um, yeah, I, I give good recommendations. Justified's taken me a little longer to get through, because I'm kind of spacing it out. Because um, it's like so I said, good. I'm almost on season two and I'm already loving the series. Like Waylon Givens might be one of my favorite. Like Raymond Givens. Raymond. What did I say? Waylon. Yeah. I it, Have we not Wolf. learned anything this episode? It's that really I, bad today. Uh, it's Don't really talk anymore. Bad Don't talk anymore today. <laughs> <laughs> go to Leo's, get a, get a, get a sandwich and just watch TV the rest of oh, the day. Oh, I don't go to Leo's for my cheesesteaks anymore. I found a better place. No way. Oh yeah. Okay. We'll talk about visit. this. We'll talk about this after after right. the recording. But yeah, I found a much better place than Leo. Leo's is great if you're familiar with the Philadelphia area. But I, you know, it's you know, it's funny. Is I posted on my Facebook page yesterday, uh, pitting Bud Light against Coors Light is like pitting Bat- Pats against Geno's. Everybody's familiar with both, but they both still suck. Yeah. 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 Please, if you ever anybody who's listening, if you ever come to Philadelphia to to visit and you want to taste the cheesesteak because that's what we're famous for, uh don't go to Patrigino's. Go to tourist trap. They're tourist trap. Well, Leo's isn't in Philly. Okay, but it's still outside go to of Philly. Le- yeah. <laughs> still go to Leo's. Um, well, nope. I told you there's a better place. You can oh, still go okay. to Leo's, though. They're still good. Um, I also want to make a quick mention too. You and I recorded Oh, and uh, it's Showtime, folks, on Podcastica. We did. Where we, ta- where we talked about everything, everywhere, all at once. All at once. Uh, loved having that conversation it was with fun. you about that movie. And a lot of people have messaged and said how much they loved our uh, our conversation on it as well. So Yes. Um, if, you've, if you've seen that movie before and you want to hear our thoughts on it, you can very easily just go to podcastica.com and yes. look up. Uh, it's Showtime, folks, is one of the podcasts, and you'll see that episode. As well as, Kristen, it. as well as Kristen talking about Avatar The Way of Order with Wendy. Yeah, yeah. I've been busy on that particular podcast. You know what's funny, too, is there's been a number of people who have said, like, oh, I want to cover this movie, but Ben should do it with me. And I'm like, folks, yeah. I, I I love the fact that you guys are all want me to do this with you. It's not my podcast. Let, it's not <laughs> my podcast. Let's give some other people a turn. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. Like like Mark was saying, like he wanted to do uh, the Greatest Showman with me, which I will happily do. Uh, Penny asked me if I wanted to do Bubba Hotep with her. I'm like, I love that movie, but right. like let's let's give some other people a chance to right. kind of shine. That's what happens when you have a movie podcast. Like everybody wants to talk movies with you, which movies are fun. Um, and on that note, too, I'll make quick mention of this, and then we'll wrap it up. Nothing's uh, Wil- quick today with you. I, I know. Uh, my Wilhelm podcast, wilhelmpodcast.com, uh, has some new episodes coming out on the same day that this drops. Uh, for Valentine's Day, we're doing top five favorite movie couples. Mm. Uh, I'll be doing that with my friend Lindsay, who's going to be returning to the podcast. And then in two weeks, uh, our friend Eric, a.k.a. Mr. Blog, is doing an episode with me, which I'm very excited about because uh, he's on the Cast of Us podcast with me. Uh, him and I are going to be talking about our top five favorite Mel Brooks projects. Yay! That should be fun. That should and be a good do- listen. And we're doing that just in time for History of the World Part 2, releasing on Hulu March 6th. 
Excellent. So we figured what a better time, what better time to talk about Mel Brooks than now with that coming out. So excellent. Um, and I'm excited you guys will to podcast. crush that. I'm excited to talk, talk to, to podcast with Eric. Yeah, that'll be really fun. So yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. And then we got some Oscar Oscar talk coming up. We're going to do review of the Oscar nominations and make some predictions. So fun stuff coming there too. Any final notes before we wrap it up? No, sir. We're done. <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, <laughs> uh, next episode, season five, episode 10. He's our you, which will be releasing next week. Uh, thank you as always for being a part of this audience for being a part of the family for review for reviews feedback everything that you guys do but until next time we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole take care bye bye we have to go back Kate. We have to go back!